0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is believed. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit! draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't.
1: From long range. Oh! Yes! 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 Yeah!
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. No Mike Angolano with us this week. I'm pretty sure that, once again, he's just out celebrating his Cleveland Cavaliers, somehow losing the best player in the world and rebuilding quicker than the Detroit Pistons. It's Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia here with you this week. First off, Jasper, I know you were just re-watching the Pistons-Pacers game from thursday night uh but how are you doing other than having to sit through that oh man uh
1: genuinely uh i have no thoughts i have no feelings watching the pistons has just drained me of any sort of emotion whatsoever uh things are getting really dire here Aaron. we're at what 12 in a row and counting now um Three of the last four losses, they've are actually sorry, no, all four of their last four losses, I believe, they've had a double digit lead at one point in the game, um, and blown it and lost. This team is just floundering right now, but luckily, the Palace of Pistons podcast is picking us up. Uh, It's the only good thing I have to look forward to with this team right now, which is not going to help people who are saying we're being too
0: pessimistic on this podcast. (laughs) I think. It's one week it's you're too optimistic, the next week you're too pessimistic. That's how could you
1: how can you possibly be too pessimistic about this team? Like what is there what is there to look forward to that doesn't involve the words trade or next year? So I
0: mean uh, they've only they only have the worst record in the league and have lost a record league record 13 straight games. So mm. Well,
1: but at at least, Aaron, their best player is also
0: now injured. So, yeah, let's let's get into that. This is going to be a Jeremy Grant centric podcast, really. I mean, that's really all we're going to talk about um, and what it could mean in the trade market. So we'll get into some other names and teams and stuff. But Jeremy Grant is going to be at the forefront of this discussion, a little bit different than our usual podcast. But that's right. Uh, Last week, late last week, Jeremy Grant suffered a ucl ligament sprain in his right thumb and is now set to miss the next six weeks at least of the season uh he'll then be uh, looked at and re-examined and they'll determine if he's able to return or if he's still a couple weeks away or whatever his timeline in is he is at least out the next six weeks for the detroit pistons and i know that you and i jasper and mike when he's been on the show we've talked about how the pistons were ill-equipped to suffer any sort of injury to the front court. And then they lost Kelly Olinick a couple weeks into the season. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is exactly why. Because now your next options are Trey Lyles and a, a, the 53rd pick in the NBA draft, Luca Garza. And now the Pistons, who are still without Kelly Olinick, just lost their best player, their best front court player. Uh, and they're like only natural four in Jeremy Grant. So I guess. How do the league-worst Detroit Pistons manage this type of injury?
1: I have no idea, uh, and it's it couldn't have happened at really a worse time because Jeremy Grant was finally starting to, to heat up, and his efficiency was starting to match his output. Um, right before that game that he went down against New Orleans, over his last nine games, he was averaging 24 points, six rebounds, three assists. He was doing it on... Uh, 43, 40, 90 splits. Like he was shooting pretty well. He was playing well. Um, He was one of the few things keeping them above water. And now, like you said, Aaron, this is something we've been harping on all off season through the start of the regular season, even more so when Kelly O'Linick went down. Look, I have some game notes from from last night's game that I just jotted down uh, because I was worried that, you know, my mind was going to go and my brain would start leaking out of my ears as I kept watching the game. Um, I mean, putting Trey Lyles on DeMontis Sabonis feels like coaching malpractice, but then you look at the roster and you say, well, what else are they supposed to do? Because you can't play Isaiah Stewart 48 minutes a night, and you certainly can't put Luca Garza on DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. So, yeah, it was tough. Uh, this was one of those games that you couldn't even—you couldn't blame it on on Dwayne Casey. It's another one where, unfortunately, you have to look at the roster and say, you know, this is a loss, and several of the other losses before it are on Troy Weaver's shoulders because there is not the roster there that is necessary to overcome all the weaknesses that exist in this team, and you know it's frustrating. And, and I will, you know, we will get into these trade. Uh, trade rumors, trade talks. Um, but it is really frustrating to see this team and the way that it's constructed and how, forget game to game, quarter to quarter, half to half. They are just so inconsistent. You can get something like Sadiq Bay giving you 22 points in the first half and then two in the second half. Um, and there's just no answer here. So unfortunately... Bad timing on Jeremy Grant going down. But if they do have to trade him, Aaron, um, it might not be the worst thing for this Pistons team because they desperately, desperately just need bodies on the floor right now.
0: Yeah, they, they do. And before we get into that, before we get into talking about all of the stuff surrounding the Jeremy Grant trade rumors. Let's talk about our first sponsor of this week's show, Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code believe50 b l e a v 50 to receive your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers bet online has to offer today bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts i can't lie i have i don't think i've placed a bet in the last 2 weeks which is rather significant for me and the trajectory that I was on. Um, <laughs> not that I had been losing money. I mean, I've been, I've been on, I don't know why I stopped, because I was on a little bit of a roll. But uh, BetOnline's got some good lines right now. I'm always looking at things like futures. I don't really do a lot of futures betting, but they're always just really interesting to me to look at the different like awards or, or, or conference winners, things like that. So definitely make sure to check them out. Um, and, and again, the promo code is believe 50 for 50% off welcome bonus on your initial deposit there. But let's now get into the Jeremy Grant trade talk, because even though Jeremy Grant is out for, again, at least the next six weeks, Shamstrania of the athletic has tabbed Jeremy Grant as the hottest commodity on the trade market with numerous teams interested in the star forward. Uh, Another report came out from Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report stating essentially the same thing. There are a lot of different teams interested in Jeremy Grant. Some of those teams that we have listed include the Los Angeles Lakers, the Utah Jazz. There are plenty of others that have been mentioned with Jeremy Grant. There's obviously been the talks with the Philadelphia 76ers. So I think my biggest takeaway, not only is that there are teams interested in Jeremy Grant, but it was also stated by Fisher and Bleacher Report that the Pistons are really open to trading Grant, and it's almost they are expecting to do it at some point this year before the trade deadline. So I guess initially, Jasper, let's talk about that in itself, right? I I didn't think – I know that I've stated before, again, probably in the offseason and right at the beginning of the year, that I didn't really see a situation this year where the Pistons traded Jeremy Grant. I, I just thought, look, there was a lot of discussion about when he came here, how. The Denver Nuggets, obviously a championship contending team, a better team, the team he was with, offered him the same exact amount of money to come and return to Denver. But he chose Detroit because he wanted a bigger role, because he liked Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver, because he liked the city of Detroit. He wanted to represent this type of a city. And now, after a year and a quarter, the Pistons are essentially trading him I mean they're they're very open to it and they're going to try to trade him I just find that in itself rather interesting because he whether you like like the way he plays or not he is the best player on the roster and it's going to be very hard to watch the Detroit Pistons without him because they were already pretty bad with him but without their best player without their best isolation guy they're going to really be missing a lot. And I guess you're obviously going to get something back in the trade, but just deciding to move on from Jeremy Grant in general is a pretty interesting decision a year and a quarter into his contract.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's a decision that hurts because it makes sense. And you're right. I I believe both of us kind of came out and said, look, we don't think that Jeremy Grant's going to get traded because one, they just need him so badly. Two, he wanted to be in Detroit for this exact same reason, um, to be, like you just outlined, the star player. But unfortunately, this is basically the only way that Jeremy Grant was going to get traded, is by the Pistons being so bad that it it doesn't even make sense for him to be on the roster. Because look, going into next season, do you even if they get Paolo Bonchero, even if they sign a big-name free agent, Do you really have any faith that this team is going to be a playoff contender next year? I I certainly can't. I have a hard time believing it. Uh, Obviously, we've seen that with the Cleveland Cavaliers this season where, you know, um, they had Jared Allen take a big leap and Evan Mobley came in and fit really well and everything's just kind of clicking for them right now. Obviously, that's always a possibility in the NBA because things change fast, but right now they're in such... A bad position. They have no depth. They have no star players. They just need assets, period. And as much as I would like to keep Jeremy Grant here because of what it would mean for A, the organization, and B, for his career, I don't see how you can justify it at this point. Um, keeping a guy on your team who is at least out for the next six weeks, let's be real, it's probably going to be closer to eight weeks, just like the Kelly olinick deal. Uh, Keeping him on your roster right now doesn't – it doesn't make sense because you're not going anywhere this season. Even if the Pistons – even if the Pistons went on a run, even if they won their next 13 games, guess what? They'd still be six games under 500. So the season's over. Let's be real. And now that you have to look forward to next season, I think the question that Troy Weaver is asking himself, at least should be asking himself, is – does it make sense to keep Jeremy Grant? And I think the answer is no. So Aaron, if you're ready, I'm ready to get into some of these, these potential trade rumors, because I've seen some that make a lot of sense. I think for both teams, there's some that make uh, sense for the Pistons, but not the other team. And there's some other ones that I think are just completely delusional and uh, show that the trade machine on the trade machine analyzer on ESPN was one of the greatest
0: mistakes sports has ever given us. So. Yeah, you say delusional, and I say dull. I don't want to see the dull trade ideas like Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald for for Jeremy Grant. That's the one I was thinking. That's exactly the one I was thinking of when I said it. And it's just like our second sponsor of today's show, Lightbox, wants you to say goodbye to dull gifts. Say goodbye to dull trades if you're an NBA fan. Say goodbye to dull gifts if you're a Lightbox. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price of only $800 a carat. They have, some, they have the same chemical makeup as natural diamonds, but are just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as light classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. Yeah, so dull moments, dull trades. (laughs) We don't like those. And let's talk about Jeremy Grant and some of these specific trades, some of these specific teams. Uh, I want to say right off the bat, I think a team like the Utah Jazz, who are one of the teams listed as a team that wanted Jeremy Grant, wow, he would just be an absolutely stellar fit there. I mean, he would really, and they already have a phenomenal offense and they already have a phenomenal defense, but we kind of see what happens to them in the playoffs. Teams go smaller, teams go quicker. It makes them a little bit harder to really have any success. They're usually a first, second round exit. I think Jeremy Grant really elevates that team. He gives Donovan Mitchell another go-to scorer-like guy. He gives them a quicker, athletic, uh, defensive rim protector outside of Rudy Gobert. I think Jeremy Grant would be perfect there. I just don't really know what the Jazz have to offer Detroit for Grant.
1: Well, you know, a, a trade that I've seen uh, thrown around when it comes to the Utah Jazz, and uh, as much as I hate to give our competition any sort of credit, uh, I saw one on Palace of Pistons by um, uh, Aaron Keller Strauss, who I think does some very good stuff. Um, Again, sorry for giving our competition
0: some You said Palace of Pistons. Are we our own competition?
1: Oh, no. I said I meant Pistons powered. Sorry. I just have Palace of Pistons on the mind all the time. I can't help it. Um, What I saw bounded around was a Jeremy Grant for uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, the other Bogdanovich, Jared Butler, a 2026 first rounder and a 2022 second rounder. Um, obviously 2026 is a long way away for your first round pick to happen, but I do think that this would make sense to a large extent for the Pistons. Obviously they somewhat have a problem of a glut of shooting guards at the moment, but I think Bogdanovich could absolutely step in and be the solidifying guy at that position. They have so many options, but nobody that's really proven themselves to be the option there. I think he could step in, provide Cade and Killian with a very useful shooter, um, someone who can go out there and get his own offense. Which is the biggest thing you're losing with Jeremy Grant is that individual offensive option. Um, so I think you're you'd be well to get back a player that can go out and get his own shot. I do like Jared Butler, and of course, getting picks is is always a positive. Um, like you said, for the Jazz, that also makes so much sense. I think that Jeremy Grant would be a spectacular fit next to both Gobert and Mitchell. Um, it would change his game a lot for the better. I think him playing a little bit more pick and roll as the role man would be great, especially in Spain pick and roll actions with the three of them. Um, mm-hmm. getting, getting him cutting towards the basket more often as well. That's been a big shame about Jeremy Grant this year is that he hasn't been able to really cut to the basket because he's needed the ball in his hands so much, but he's so good at it. Um, So I think that would be great. His weak side help defense would also be super, super useful on that roster. Does it make a little bit more sense for the jazz than it does the Pistons? Yes, maybe. But as of right now, if you're looking at some of these other options, primarily when it comes to, like you said, Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, like that's, (laughs) I don't want anything to do with that. Pistons fans complaining about Jeremy Grant's shot shot selection and selfishness. Yeah, you're going to love Buddy Heald. Um For me, it does make more sense than a lot of the other ones I've seen thrown around. Uh, speaking of other trade rumors that I have seen, the Lakers are another team that are just constantly being brought up in these trade rumors. Um, that's one that makes less sense to me. I've seen something like Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn and a minimum player plus like a 2027 20, first rounder I've seen that thrown around uh, how do you feel about something with the Lakers because I look at that roster and uh, outside of you know LeBron James or Anthony Davis which I'll take them I'll take them on the
0: Pistons if I have to I don't see much that I really want yeah I'm I'm absolutely out on anything really to do with the Lakers they don't have any upcoming first-round picks, and they don't have any players outside of LeBron James or Anthony Davis, really, that you really want, like, yeah, you would take a Taylor Horton Tucker, but he's not the, the key return in a Jeremy Grant trade. You need something more significant than that, and they just don't have the juice to get Jeremy Grant without involving a third team somehow, and then there's got to be a team that wants to help the Lakers and who really wants to do that. And I just don't see it working. I just don't see a world where the Lakers can land Jeremy Grant, even though they're one of the most talked about teams that are supposedly interested in in him, which, to be fair, he had a couple really good performances against them uh, earlier this year. So, obviously, you can see why they would like him. I think he would absolutely help them. You put him in a role where he's not isolating as much. He's a good shooter. He's a great cutter, as you mentioned, which it is absolutely tragic that he's in such a ball-dominant role this year that he's not really been able to do something he is, which is one of his best attributes, to be quite frank, and that's being an athletic rim runner, being an athletic cutter to the rim. Mm-hmm. And obviously his defense makes them a little bit more versatile. Hell, he'd be one of their younger players on the team, too, when he's about to turn 28. Um, so obviously the Lakers would be a great fit for Grant, but I just don't think they have the juice for it. Um There's plenty of other teams. I think maybe the Boston Celtics or another team that was named. I don't see how they really get involved unless they're trading someone like Jalen Brown, which I don't think they're going to do unless someone like Marcus Smart really excites you for the Pistons, but I don't necessarily think it does. No, (laughs) No. not at all. (laughs) I don't know what the right trade package is for Grant because I'm not in love with this upcoming draft class. I think there are question marks about a lot of these guys that are right now being considered lottery picks and quite frankly, how many more years of trying to hit the, hit the name in the draft hit, hit the right lottery ball in the draft and the Pistons go on with. So if they can, I guess the, the best outcome for them would be to get some sort of young player package or an already pretty solid young player and a decent pick to move forward. I don't know how you feel. Maybe you're more inclined to go through the draft and try to get stock up as much draft capital as possible. I'm more interested in maybe seeing if there's a young player that could get on the court this year, because uh, this is obviously a season of development for Detroit. So if they can get their hands on a couple more young pieces, they might as well at this point. Well, Aaron, how would you feel about two young pieces and no draft picks? Because
1: one team that I've seen thrown around is the Atlanta Hawks and this is an intriguing one for me because from a current statistical output standpoint this does not match the you know uh, the the trade packages that say mm, the Utah Jazz or the Trailblazers could offer I mean look you could get CJ McCollum and Anthony Simons potentially back uh, from the blazers in a trade which is intriguing but I think I'm a little more inclined to, to lean towards something with the Atlanta Hawks around, say, Cam Reddish, Anika Okongwu, and DeLon Wright, Pistons legends, DeLon Wright, first off. Let's, let's get it right. Uh, no pun intended. I, I think something like that would be fascinating. I still think the, the sky is the limit for Cam Reddish. I wasn't sold on him coming out of the draft, but I see a lot more now than I did then especially on the defensive end. And I think Okongwu would be a great fit next to Cade Cunningham. Uh, you can upgrade that front court in terms of athleticism. You can upgrade the front court in terms of having more youthful players that can, that can play pick and roll and that can also protect the rim as well. Uh, a big talking point on Pistons Twitter is finding that jumpy jump guy. And Okongwu is certainly a jumpy jump guy. Um, getting back to Lon Wright would also be fine anything to make it so that I don't have to watch Corey Joseph anymore also helps. So I'm, I'm interested. Would you be more inclined to accept something like that? Cam Reddish, Okonwu, uh, DeLon Wright, or would something like CJ McCollum, you know, Robert Covington and
0: Anthony Simons. That to me is also really, really fascinating. Do you think Portland would give all that up? I mean, that's, that's a lot.
1: I mean, uh, so I mean it'd have to be one or the other. So it'd be CJ or like Robert Covington and Simons, okay. Or you know what I mean. Or it could yeah. be like Nurkic and Nas Little or something. Yeah. Um, the guy I would want if I was going to do it, I think if you could do something like CJ McCollum and if you could somehow get a first rounder in a couple of years back as well, um, I would be kind of kind of fascinated with that as well. But I'm interested to hear what you think. Is the more established player that can come in and potentially jumpstart this young team, is that what you want? Or are you just saying, you know what, there's not enough talent on this roster. I need to go out and get those young guys and just take more shots because, hey, you're going to get a lottery pick this year and a high one at that.
0: Yeah, I'm not opposed to CJ McCollum. I just don't know if the Blazers are willing to part with him specifically and god i mean i almost feel like it would be somewhat of a lateral move for them to lose mccollum but get grant like i feel like they really need to get grant and they could you know i don't know if they have the assets to where it's like if covington simons and a first and a second or something works but i feel like that if i was portland that's what i would be trying to do so that i could keep Dame, CJ, Ad Grant, and still have Nurkic, mm. But I, I guess I'll focus on the Atlanta trade because I think that's one that I could be talked into. Uh, I will say that if I could pick one of the young Atlanta wings to get, I would pick DeAndre Hunter. Um, the problem with Hunter, Reddish, and Okongwu is they've all struggled to stay on the court in their young career. Mm. Um, Hunter is out right now. Okongu is working his way back. Uh, Cam Radish is, was out for a couple games. He's back now. but He's, he's always hurt, though. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem with him. Right. I, and I don't know. Like, I would take the upside. I would take a couple 22 and 21-year-olds. And I think I could, if the Pistons made that type of trade, I think I could say fine. They're obviously taking a chance on a couple of young guys. They certainly needed more front court depth that they were to bring in someone like Okongwu and Cam Reddish is an interesting guy. Obviously he is one of those volume scorers. He's gotten better defensively. Like you said, he's better defensively than I think anyone really thought he could be, even though we all knew he had like he had the M- NBA body to be an impact defender, but it was just, just maybe not believing he would buy into that and really compete on that side of the floor. And he has, um, but he's gotten better and he's in his third season. Now his field goal percentage is up to only it's up to only 40%. So it's still not very good. Uh, he's only shooting 43% on two pointers, but his three point shooting on over four attempts per game is up to 38%. He's averaging double figures. That's a guy I could get talked into. Um, and I do like the the prospect of Okongwu because Detroit needs any sort of, uh, youth and depth and ability up front. No Kongu gives them that. So I think that's something that I could be talked into. Um, but if Atlanta was willing to part with Hunter, who he's maybe struggled to stay on the floor more than any of them, but I think I'd rather take the swing on Hunter so, more than Reddish. So what if, um, let's say, so what if you
1: give, uh, I don't know what else you would give Atlanta, but what if you give Atlanta something a little bit more? You take back that Gallinari contract instead of delon wright's contract i think you could get hunter then like if you give them uh, i'm trying to think of something right off the top of my head
0: i mean well i was gonna i was gonna save this maybe for a quick wrap up up talk but there were some other guys on the pistons roster that were mentioned that teams are interested in specifically kelly Olinick, Corey joseph josh jackson hamadu diallo uh, were some of the names that were speculated. I was going to. say, I think like Diallo. Excited. I them. was.
1: That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, Diallo. I think could definitely work. You give them Diallo and Grant. Uh, you take back Cam Reddish, Okongwu, Hunter, and that Gallinari contract, which you do have to think the 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 Hawks want to get out from underneath. Um, I think that could work. It would make sense for the Pistons. Absolutely. Uh, I'm obviously not a, a Hawks fan, so I can't speak for their fan base but on paper to me that also makes sense for a team that's really trying to get over the hump and you know I mean they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals last year so there's they need a boost yeah and they do need something more like I'm looking at that team right now and I don't even see them getting back to the Eastern Conference Semifinals so they need to do something and they do have a lot of young players that are not necessarily impacting their results on the floor right now so for me, that is a trade that absolutely I could be talked into. Um, I'd happily take that Gallinari contract back. I don't care. Uh, he's Italian, so I'd be happy. Um, yeah, you know, after losing Gigi to Tomei, I was heartbroken. And, of course, also uh, Italian legend Reggie Jackson. Um, so, yeah, I-, I would definitely do that. So uh, that is something I could work with.
0: Here's here's my the final spin I'll put on this trade, and then we can move on. Uh, Diallo is not eligible to be traded until January 15th. So if Detroit wanted to make this trade now, this would work financially. Does Gallinari, DeAndre Hunter, and Okongwu for Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek, are you saying yes to that trade?
1: No, I want I want Reddish too. If
0: I'm taking Reddish back... Too.
1: If I'm giving up Diallo and I'm taking back the Gallinari contract, well, I, no, I want all three. In
0: this trade, you're trading Olenek instead of Diallo. Oh, sorry, Olenek. Um...
1: No, I'd, I'd personally rather wait and see if I could wait to see when, when Diallo's on the block because, look, nothing's going to change from the Pistons' perspective by January 15th, but things could change for the Hawks' perspective by that point. Uh, if they continue to, to not overly impress, if anything, that's just going to make them more desperate. So, no, I'd wait. Yeah, there's no reason to, to rush things now. You have all the way till February to the trade deadline, so um, – No, I'd be willing to wait and see if I can get all three personally, especially Okongwu. You know, last night, that game, Cade was, and we will keep on moving, but I I have to say, Cade was so good in that game. He was completely in control offensively. um, And just seeing the fact that he didn't have an Okongwu type pick and roll threat, it was just like, he would so easily have had at least five more points and three assists in last night's game, but he couldn't do it because he had Isaiah Stewart who, you know, could only finish by tapping it in or throwing down a ridiculous dunk. And it's just like, ah, ah, you can see the growth from your best player. And like, that is why you need to make this kind of trade because you need more. You need more around Cade right now. I know you're not going to win, but you, you need to see the results. You need to, have him grow in that role
0: yeah no doubt i think adding any sort of athletic big would really do wonders for kate because the pistons just don't have that uh let's move on just to like some quick a quick hitter here we just kind of mentioned the pistons have some other names that are reportedly going to generate some interest in the trade market Corey joseph comando diallo kelly Olinick, uh even maybe some guys like josh jackson and somehow trey lyles um I think obviously the most valuable guys are Diallo and Olenek. Are you for any re- any reason inclined to like not really want to trade any of those guys mentioned? Um, look, I like the the
1: energy Diallo Diallo's brought, and I actually think him playing the four has been really really useful. I thought he played quite well against uh, Sabonis defensively. All things considered. Olinick, same thing. Like he's obviously very important to this current roster and the way that it's constructed. But no, neither guy is going to stop me from making a trade. Like they're 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 fine pieces, but this team is so devoid of talent that I'm willing to give either one of them up. I, I don't see. I like like I said, I like Diallo, but like the amount of growth I see left in him is not
0: exorbitant. Yeah, I, I agree, and a lot of those guys are on two-year deals that have player options, I mean, team options, so mm-hmm. they're pretty movable contracts. Um, yeah, I think Diallo's really done himself well at the four spot, and I think that maybe has opened up his value for the Pistons and for the rest of the league to see, honestly. Um, but I think he's the type of guy that that is like that little extra piece in a trade like we were just talking about with Atlanta, like, if you throw in Diallo alongside Jeremy Grant, and that's another guy that can give Atlantis a minute, does that net you maybe one of these young guys that has some potential but hasn't necessarily stayed on the floor as much as Atlanta needs, isn't going to help them as much right now as Atlanta needs, and might be able to get you that extra piece in a trade. So that is appealing to me um, in a sense of where I think Diallo – really could end up maybe netting you an extra piece in a trade alongside someone like Jeremy Grant or even Kelly Olenek. Um, I'm not sure who's really interested in, in Corey Joseph or Trey Lyles, though. I guess, I guess maybe a playoff team can talk themselves into getting Corey Joseph as, like, a third point guard or a second point guard that you also, like, have another guard on the floor with. Uh, Trey Lyles, like... I don't know, man. I, I want to I see the value in him. He ends up getting his seven points a game most of the night, but it always just seems so forced, and he, can't he doesn't play provide anything defensively.
1: He can't play defense. It's it's horrible. Like he was getting abused last night. He has, he has nothing to offer you on that end of the floor. That's the biggest issue with Trey Lyles, for sure. Like, I, I don't know. For me, yeah, maybe you can throw him in, convince somebody. I don't know, maybe one of those teams with players that jump on his horrible pump fakes. Um, but, I mean, other than that, I, I don't see how. I'm sorry, if you if you bite on a Trey Lyles pump fake, you should have to wear an ankle bracelet like KCP did a couple of years ago for the rest of the season. <laughs> they should, like, you should just go to jail. Go to jail if you bite on a Trey Lyles pump fake. Oh, it's horrible. Like, come on, man. Oh, you people
0: are killing me. Oh my gosh. All right. That's, that's the perfect <laughs> spot to end it. Thank you for creating a great opportunity to end the show. For You're week.
1: so welcome, Aaron.
0: <laughs> oh man. All right. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think that wraps it up for us this week. A lot of Jeremy Grant talk, a couple other names. We've talked about a couple teams that might be interested in the injured forward, but uh, on the court, not a whole lot of stuff going on with the Pistons besides they've lost Thirteen games in a row, and they Woo! have the worst record in the NBA. We're going to be back next week, Christmas week, uh, hopefully with Mike Anguilano back. We got to make it happen. Too many weeks without him uh, as of late. Uh, that guy's got to stop being so busy. Uh, we're going to get him back on the show, absolutely. And unless Jasper has anything else to say, I'm inclined to uh, to send us home.
1: I was last thing I was going to say was, um, oh, well, I totally forgot. So I guess it wasn't all that important, Aaron. Glad, glad I could end it. It's it's the replay of that Pacers game. It's making my ears, my uh, my brain fall out of my ears, unfortunately. So yeah, have I done mean, it. hopefully, better things coming around the corner. Hopefully, uh, some trades coming. But other than that, Aaron, I I am just about finished.
0: Well, NBA trade season is upon us. We're past the December fifteenth date. Oh, I Go remembered. I know.
1: Just just in time to interrupt you. Look, hey, if you. If we missed anything, if people think that there's a trade rumor that uh, we should really have thought about and missed, make sure you comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, feel free to hit a, either of us up on Twitter or find the Palace of Pistons Twitter account. Tweet at us there. Um, if there's something we missed, we want to know about it. And, and we want to see all the possibilities for this Jeremy Grant trade. So make sure to, to, to do that and
0: like and subscribe all of our stuff as well. Love that. Love that. Getting in the necessary tags. One final tag for me should have a story up uh, with Isaiah Livers coming soon. Talked to him uh, a, a last week now. Uh, so, I'm going to try to have it out before Christmas. I'm going to talk about uh, his path, what's going on with him. So, stay tuned for on Palace of Pistons.com for that. Hopefully bringing you some other good content as well. That's going to do it for us this week on the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by the believe podcast network we thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time
1: thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform